Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram, as always. In the studio today, we've got Chris with Torque Tools. Chris, welcome to the show, man. How are we going? Oh, we're doing great. Happy to have you here. Excited, as always, to learn about another business and find out what you guys do down there. But like I told you before we started the episode here, we always start off with an icebreaker question. So I've got a super serious question that I have to ask you. What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? That wouldn't be PG friendly. <laughs> <laughs> we could change it up. So for me, um, grossest thing I've ever sardines. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. They're nasty, and people love putting them on pizza. Not this guy. <laughs> I don't get it. No. It's gross to me. Salty, very salty, and, and it's the the strong fish flavor. Man, I'm not all about. I, that. I'm a fish lover. I won't touch that. Yeah, sardines. I don't blame you. Even the raccoons. In the trap won't touch <laughs> the marshmallows. If if trash pandas aren't eating it, man, I feel like it's kind of weird that we would. Right, right. I uh, we took the family one year, well, just my son for his birthday to Universal Studios in Orlando, and they had Fear Factor Live as one of the attractions you could go to. When I grew up, I was a huge Fear Factor fan, so I was like, man, this is something I have to do. And they're like, well, there's a chance for you to participate in the show if you show up at a certain time. So I did everything I was supposed to do, showed up at that time. They were already rocking and rolling with getting people. Everybody wants to be on it, you know, just to do it. And so they had like probably 20 people there and they're narrowing it down to like six people or something. So they're running through all that stuff already. And I was like, well, hey, you know what? I missed it. No big deal. And they said, well, no, there's another chance for you to participate. And I'm an idiot. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. You know, what are we going to do? They said, "Uh, there's an eating portion. Knowing fear factor, I should have known. Not to sign up for that one, but I did. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do it. I wanted to be on the show. I'm going to do it. So I signed up. And then the other person, uh, there were like two other people that signed up for the bug portion where they put the bugs on your, I mean, I'm talking the full glass, not glass, but plastic case that goes over your head. And they have like tarantulas and roaches and all this stuff. I didn't want that. So I did the eating portion. So we show up, we're watching the show. And then they go to that portion of the show and they're like, hey, y'all come on up. So me and this girl walk up there. And they've just got the, uh, it's a rolling cart that comes out and they've got all of this nasty food, spoiled milk, rotten fish. They had dead bugs that they took and put all of this stuff in a blender and then they blended it all up. It looked like a milkshake and they pour it into like this little four ounce glass and they're like the first person to drink the entire thing wins. Kicker is you win nothing. There's no prize. You're just an idiot. And that's me. I was like, all right, cool. I'm down for this. Well, I got my family there, friends there. We've got a whole audience of people watching. And I'm like, I've got to play this up. You know, I can't just come out here and be that that guy that's like, oh, it's too much for me. I can't do it. So 
they give us this four ounce glass. We drink it. I drank it faster than that girl did. And at the end decided like a jello shot, I was going to take it and lick the cup just to be extra gross. It was disgusting. It tasted horrible. I don't know why I did it, but it was fun. It was fun. I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember every bit of it. I remember the flavor and all, man. It was, it was gross, but yeah, I agree with you. Sardines have never been my thing. And I I see them in oil too, you know, at the grocery store when we go and they're just in a glass jar. And I'm like, y'all really, there's people out there that enjoy it enough that they put it in a glass jar. They like it. They do. It's weird. Well, as always, I have to stop right before we hop into all of this and talk about our awesome sponsor, Community Bank of Texas. So the Beef Podcast is sponsored by Community Bank. And they know that especially now, the experience and availability of a business partner is crucial. Community Bank of Texas is here to help your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. And as a business owner, there's a lot of things that keep us up at night, but our bank should not be one of them. But when you bank with them, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. Short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions, because when it comes to doing business, Community Bank of Texas simply delivers a better business banking experience. Community Bank of Texas, they are a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas, business banking, better banking. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Of course, this is the one we're shooting in the brand new studio that we have. It's on video for everybody to see. So I had to flub up for my first time ever reading that live read for Community Bank. But I know Ethan's going to forgive me. Uh, We love those guys over there. Community Bank really takes care of of us. The gals over there are great as well. But we are here for Chris with Torque Tools. So Chris, man, welcome to the show again. Where'd you come from? And just kind of tell us all about you. My name is Chris Galetti. I grew up in the area here in Spring. I went to Klein Oak High School, uh, graduated in the mid-80s a little while back. I worked for a gentleman who is in the same business I am for about 13 years, and I decided to go out on our own. My wife and I started the business in 2004, running into our 18th year this year. We've grown from, we started with a $5,000 deposit into a bank, never borrowed a dollar from anyone, never got a loan from anyone, and, and built the business into what it is today. We are master distribution for two different product lines, uh, Rad Torque Systems and Torsion X, uh, hydraulic uh, bolting equipment, extreme force. These are tools that are used in the industrial side of the business, the large industrial side of business. Uh, Your automotive and nuts and bolts of that size and smaller are for your smaller type equipment, your Craftsman, your Snap-on, your Matco, that type of tools. When you think of those type tools, you think of a a hand ratchet, right? Quarter-inch drive, three-eighths drive, half-inch drive. That's your standard tool set. Well, our torque wrenches start at three-quarter inch drive and stop at three-and-a-half inch drive. So our torque ranges are out into the 80,000 foot-pound range, and the Rad Tools is like a pistol grip style tool. It's a revolutionary product. It's only 25 years old where your hydraulics are in the 50-year-old range. They used to be referred to as multipliers, as nut runners, but they've proven to be extremely accurate pieces of torque equipment that really are the go-to tool when if it fits, you're going to use that style tool. It's much faster, much easier, much less people to do the same job. You can typically do the same job with a rad tool versus a hydraulic torque wrench in half the time or less with half the manpower. 
So bringing that to the market was extremely easy with that type of competition out there. But we realized that the rad tools, you know, around 10 to 15,000 foot pounds of torque, that's where we stop. So we have to shift into the hydraulic torque range when we get above that. And that's, you know, when you're talking two, three, four, five inch nut size, six inch nut size, 10 inch nut size. So your, your industrial side of the market can range from anything from a, a chemical plant, power plant, refinery, pipeline, natural gas compression, wind towers, you name it, nuts and bolts. I, uh, I've cliched, this world's not held together by, uh, by gravity. It's held together by nuts and bolts and lots of them and big ones that accommodate large tools. And that's exactly when we developed our company, Torque Tools Incorporated. We started in southern Texas, expanded to Texas, Louisiana. Our current territory for these two products are the central and mountain time zone at the moment. So we've grown a tremendous amount in the 18 years we're doing it. And uh, we're currently, of the last five years, we've led our uh, counterparts in sales worldwide, right from this office here in Tomball, Texas. That's killer. So is that where you, you live here in the Tomball area? I live in Tomball as well, yeah. Okay, so you stayed around after Kleina. That's where my wife graduated from. Yeah, I, uh, I was the first full four-year graduating class of Kleino, 1986. I went to Hildebrand Intermediate prior to that. So I, I grew up right here in Spring Tomball area. My shop is right here off 2920. My house is within a few miles of that. That's awesome. So how many locations do you all have right now? We actually have one major location. I have distribution in Montana, in Colorado, in North Dakota, in Kansas, in New Mexico. So we have distribution points. Basically, we went from being a full-fledged sales to kind of both distribution and sales. Where we don't have the distribution, we kind of fill in the gaps from our area. We are talking about opening up other locations, but at the moment, it hasn't presented itself as a requirement. Yeah. Honestly, your story is one of the, the coolest things I love about doing this show is where I get to hear people who took $5,000, you know, and it's kind of like that American dream thing. It's like I had a few dollars to my name and I had a dream and I made it work. And we're so lucky in this country to be able to do something like that where, you know, with a, a lot of hard work and a little bit of money and then, of course, some luck, you can make things work. Luck, dedication, effort, effort. If you got to give it, you got to give it a hundred percent effort. If you give it half effort, you're going to get half a result. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, we find ourselves here on Saturdays. We find ourselves here late. Sometimes we find ourselves here early. Sometimes John, the marketer doesn't like to be early. So that one's hard on me, but it, it does. It takes a lot. And I think a lot of people have that stuck in their head where they're like, man, I want to be a business owner. That way I don't have to work so much. I'm the boss and I get to do all this. How much time do you spend in the office right now? It doesn't sound near as glamorous as it actually really <laughs> yeah. isn't. Um, we actually office from our home right now. We don't, we've grown out of our facility and we haven't made the move yet, but my wife and I office from our house, just a couple of miles away from the shop. And, you know, with today's technology, the phone, the computers, we're constantly engaging with the office, with our customers and clients. I uh, assist our sales force more so now and deal with my 18 year old customers that I've had yeah. from the very beginning. My wife and I started, like I said, with $5,000 in the bank. She had a job at the time, and we were about three months in. And she looked around and said, hey, you haven't paid sales tax. And I said, I need invoices. <laughs> yeah. 
and a P.O. box to pick up the checks at. I, I, I simply don't have time for that. And she realized right away that she was going to have to uh, probably sacrifice that job or compromise in some way. And she ended up leaving a, a really good position at Baker Hughes, which is local here as well. And we started the business and uh, we got it rocking and rolling with me, myself, one of my very close friends, best friend, Steve Force, who still works with me today. We're still rocking and rolling. We've just grown. We're up to, I believe, seven salesmen and 17 people in the office making wow. the day-to-day happen. Yeah, we here at Beefy Marketing, we don't believe in walking up to somebody's door, knocking on it, and just saying, hey, I want to sell something to you. You know, let me have your time. So we're really big on relational sales. You know, eventually Torque Tools is going to have something pop up, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? We need help on a website or SEO or graphic design or social media. But we don't want to come in and push and do that. You know, so I drive through town and meet with these business owners, invite them on the Beef Podcast, start being a resource first. You know, and I just, we've driven by Torque Tools a million times. You can't miss the big gear that's on the front of it and, and you know, that big sign that you have out front. Because we, we have assisted other agencies with doing some work for you before, we're like, hey, let's just stop in and see what they do and see if they want to be on the show. I met Bobby, great guy. I mean, he gave me a tour of the whole place. And it was cool to see, you know, the reason we moved into this studio was because we have already started outgrowing our space. And we've been here since... I think June of last year is when we actually closed and moved in and we've already outgrown it, you know, so I feel your pain there with having to work from the office or from the home office. Sometimes we do the same thing here because it's like, man, we had to take our team room and turn it into this awesome studio. And we already are like, we need another studio. We need like two of them, you know, so that we can have a different set that looks totally different on that side. And, and this one, and you start to think about all those ways that you can expand, but it was packed in there in your warehouse from wall to wall with tools. Yeah, I told Bobby, we're, we're, we're going to have to look at doing a second floor and possibly putting some of the girls in the clerical type upstairs. And they're actually building out in front of our, across the street. Uh, that's got to be a 30-acre tract that they're going to be opening up. We're possibly going to look at moving across the street into a bigger building. It's amazing, too, with COVID, the way it's it's damaged so many businesses and disrupted so many things. It's awesome how many people have pivoted and made something out of it. And then how many, you almost feel guilty. You know, I know I did because I was like, man, COVID was one of the best years for me ever. I was selling plastic and what did everybody need in their office and their school and everything else? They needed <laughs> guard, yeah. plastic, yeah, plexi, uh, acrylic, all that stuff, man. And uh, I mean, I, I think I think it was probably six or 700,000 in sales that I did in like six to nine months. And I was like, this is insane. And I felt bad, but I was like, man, we had to pivot. And we started the hand sanitizer business. Yeah. Exploded. Oh, God. Those guys. I remember seeing the uh, the Facebook memes and all that with like the, the Indian prince that's got like all the garb and jewelry on and everything else. And it was like Purell owners right now, you know, because they're just bringing in so much money off of that's that. That's right. And that's even right. even, you know, vodka and tequila makers were like, all right, well, we got a distillery. We can make hand sanitizer here let's do it well you should have made more vodka because most people are home drinking it <laughs> yeah you're not wrong so i got a little bit i know the gearheads that listen to my show if there are any are probably super excited they understood everything you just said about the most of it that i caught was really big nuts and that's <laughs> pun intended and and that's what y'all drive you know that's the tools that y'all have they handle those six ten inch which is 
when you think about most of our stuff in a household being anywhere from, I mean, quarter inch is big, half inch is big. Everybody thinks half inch, nine yeah. sixteenths, five eighths, eleven sixteenths. You get a one inch bolt. Oh yeah. And and I'm like, man, this is a big bolt. Like I've never pulled a socket out of my drawer, you know? So what exactly, I mean, you told us the industries, but what exactly, maybe what's the coolest thing you've ever seen your products used on? Well, to give you an example, just first of December, I was at the Hoover Dam. We were uh, assisting a contractor who was refurbishing the lifts for the lift gates. And to roll into the, well, first of all, roll into Las Vegas, obviously, is always a good time. But to go out to the Hoover Dam and and watch the guys perform the work with our equipment in the field, uh, you know, you can be in the Hoover Dam one day and a trash compactor the next day. Or the next afternoon, for that matter. I've been in a in a nuclear power plant in the morning and a, a BFI recyclery in the afternoon. I prefer the nuke plant. It smells a little better. Yeah. But, you know, anything from asphalt plants to rail car, railroad, the locomotive engines, anywhere where there's larger nuts and bolts than your, your as I always use the automotive sector, because all my life, I still race cars today. So I still play with cars. And, you know, the old half-inch, nine-sixteenths, five-eighths, eleven-sixteenths, three-quarter. I didn't learn my fractions in high school. I learned them on the hand wrenches <laughs> myself. It's a unique business to be in. You're never doing the same thing every day. I've climbed wind towers in the morning and been on a railroad in the afternoon. You know, anything from any industry. Like I said, the world's held together by nuts and bolts. Gravity, I'm not buying. It's just keeping me on the ground. That's about it. That's how you need a, a beefy video guy to go with you when you take that Hoover Dam trip next time. That was we'll just a, document a everything because yeah. I'm a big fan of going to places like that, unique places, like even the rail car stuff. I would love. We were in, is it Smithville, Texas, right outside of Austin, Bastrop area? I think it's Smithville. And they have like this big park and stuff. We were visiting some friends that live in Bastrop and the kids, they're huge train fans. You know, they love it in Tomball when you've got the depot and all that stuff. And they just had these three rail cars out there and they're old rail cars, but there's a big park. You can climb inside of them. They're all opened up. And I was like a little kid inside there. Like, oh, this is really cool. Check out this. I love looking at new stuff like that for sure. So Torque Tools, y'all do sales? We do sales, service, rental, calibration, repair. We have a calibration van that can go on site, do calibrations on site, repair tools on site. We have a van that was just up at a Winsite, GE Winsite in Colorado for a couple of days. Uh, we'll be in a refinery next week calibrating all their tools uh, that we've sold and provided and service to them over the years. We have multiple local customers, obviously, that we've been dealing with for nearly two decades that depend and rely on us daily for their for torquing, for their bolting equipment. How, how bad has it been with the supply chain issue for y'all? It's actually progressively getting worse. Uh, it's not getting any better. The RAD product is located in British Columbia, Canada. So we have a little bit of a supply issue coming across the border right say, now. Just the shipping. Just getting it, just getting yeah. what we're waiting on. We're waiting three weeks on parts we should have had three weeks ago. But I think everybody's kind of channeled into that issue. And luckily, we had a lot of stock and inventory and we're prepared because we saw all this coming. So we stocked up and, and we're prepared and a little more ready than the next guy, hopefully more than my competitor. Well, always. So what makes Torque Tool different? You know, why come to you? The biggest difference between Torque Tools and some of my competition is my competition is uh, big, large corporations. 
we're still a small family business. We, uh, if a customer calls, we go to their site. If you have an issue, we're going to go look at what you're working on. We're going to give our best recommendation for the equipment you need. Uh, we're not always going to try and do it over the phone. We're, uh, you call me. I've had customers call me from North Dakota. Say, hey, uh, we're doing a job. Can you come scope the job and give us a recommendation on equipment? Well, I left that night, and I drove straight to North Dakota and took care of business. Uh, that particular gas plant spent nearly three-quarters of a million dollars with us on that one year. Just It was an expansion project that they needed a lot of tools for. So we job-boxed up a bunch of equipment, set them out in different areas of, of the site to progressively tackle the project they were working for. And, working on and, and we just doing the best job we can for them. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different level of customer service you get with I call them mom and pop shops. The mom and shop pop shop. You could be a multi million dollar company like Torque Tools and still be a mom and pop shop. We are doing multi millions at the moment and we are progressively growing. We're leading the world in sales for for our products. And that's you know, we're we're some of our co workers will call them. Have the uh, have all of Europe as a territory, so for have the Central Mountain Time Zone in the U.S. and outsell Europe. <laughs> yeah, these are big goals that we like accomplishing. Absolutely, and I mean we're always happy to hear those success stories. But I gotta say, though we say mom and pop shop, y'all shop isn't small. It feels small to you, but as a average listener of this podcast. Yeah. It's not a tiny little office. This is a small office compared to what it's y'all have. 7,400 square foot. When we moved in it 18 years ago, I was like, we'll never outgrow this. <laughs> well, about five years ago, we're looking around going, well, now we got steel buildings outside yeah. the building. and Where are we going to shove this? Yeah, where are we going to put this rack? We and- had to reinforce the ceiling to pile more stuff up top above the work areas. And um, we're steadily, progressively growing and trying to accommodate that as we go. We got long-term employees with us. Some of my employees been with me the whole eighteen years. I have one gal that's been with me sixteen years. Many that are in there over ten years. So uh, when you have good people, creating a great atmosphere to do business within, business tends to want to come back to you. It speaks to the culture that you have employees stick around. People, I think, underestimate the importance of tenor. You know how long someone's been at a company tells you how that company runs. Well, we are proud to say we've got many long-term employees. I used to say, well, they're not leaving. We must be paying them too much. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is, is they do such a good job, I couldn't stand for them to leave, so I would pay more to keep them there. But the, the people we have in place, the team that we have built over the years, is second to none in the business. And everybody takes uh, every phone call as, hey, this is food on my plate. This is how we make a living. And every employee there recognizes that. I think that's the difference. You got to have that buy-in. It's so hard when you employ someone that's there just for a check. And you know, we had this conversation. I work full time on a fire truck right here in Tomball, and we had this conversation with EMS last night of writing reports. You know, a lot of medics when they are on an ambulance full time and they have to write those reports, it's not important to them that the import the, that the report is totally accurate for billing because you're like, I'm getting paid. I've got tax dollars. So as long as I'm covering my butt when it comes down to going to court or my report being pulled for whatever reason, a lot of times we're like, hey, we're good with that. But you have to have those people that are so worried about the billing side because you got to have that money to survive. you know. And if the company's not growing, then paychecks aren't going to grow and it may not be around for a long time. 
well, everybody's position depends and hinges on our success. So when you have everybody on the same page and, and you have the group we have assembled, our general manager, Bobby, is Bobby Branham, second to none. He's been in that position eight years. Bobby started out working on tools just like I did. Started at the very bottom of the business and, and worked his way up to where he runs. He, he pretty much runs the office. We get the phone calls for the bad stuff <laughs> and hopefully every now and then good stuff. But at the end of the day, the team we have assembled has made our clientele comfortable, has made our clientele relying on us, depending on us on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Well, how do we get out there and support Torque Tools? You know, because not everybody that listens is obviously going to need something to drive a six inch bolt. Well, basically, if you know somebody who works in a chemical plant or works in a refinery or in this particular area, we're in the industrial mecca of oh, the yeah. world. Houston, Texas, I don't think you'll find more industry in a small area than anywhere in the world, in my opinion. So anybody that knows anybody that, that may require or may need tools or uh, we one of our slogans is want it tight well that's went over very well for a lot of years some people take it the wrong way some people <laughs> make it into what they want it but that's basically when you're tightening nuts and bolts you want it tight and that's what we do for a living we do this every day this is all we do we don't venture out into other forms of tools we stayed focused on what we're doing on the two product lines we're doing and that's all we do we sell rent repair calibrate those type of equipment you know, clicker wrenches, your hand tools, we do those as well. That was something that I kept out of our business for some time until I realized we're just overwhelmingly being requested for the calibration of such. And when you're doing the calibration of such comes the repair side of it. So we did get a little bit involved with clicker wrenches over the last five to seven years. And we deal with all types, brands, repairs, calibration, uh, rentals, sales, whatever you need. You have a big social media presence or anything? LinkedIn we're on, obviously. Facebook, obviously. This was an avenue that was a bit different from us. We've never really done any marketing, if Bobby didn't tell you. Um, That's what he most, said. He was like, Most we, of our business dabble. is word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and business you know, referrals from decades of doing the same thing. I started with another company doing the same things back in 1992. So we're 30, I'm 30 years into doing the same thing. I'm still a relatively young man, I, I feel like. At least my brain tells me my ankles and knees don't always <laughs> feel that way, but I still feel like a young guy. Yeah. No, I was just wondering because I, you know, like I said earlier, taking that video guy out there with you, I would 100% be the guy that tunes in to Instagram reels, TikToks, Facebooks of, hey, this is where we're at today. This is what we're doing. Check this awesome stuff out. Like we're providing tools that are working on the Hoover Dam and look at how this works and operates and. Those are all just things really That would be a, another avenue of networking for us that mm -hmm. I that get with my, my guy Bobby and see if he can get you with a salesman. And yeah. It would be a unique situation. may not always be a Hoover Dam scenario. You may be at the BFI trash dump. Yeah, but you know what? I've never been there, and I'm telling you right now, if, if I go tour one of those facilities, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You'll, I'll never, know. you'll, you'll never forget the smell. That's uh, all yeah. I can tell you. We, uh, there was in Atascacita, you know, they have the – I don't know if you know, but they have – like a, a big dump site there. And as soon as you drive by, you can smell it. It's kind of like going to Pasadena when you pass the refineries. You know, we always called it Stinkadena. Stinkadena, yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Same, uh, same as well. You know you're going to get that smell when you go through, and it's well, so we bad. Do, we do many industries, as I said, pulp and paper. Oh, 
Evadale, <laughs> Texas. Eva Smell. Yep. There's a racetrack out there. Where yes, there is. Well. Yeah. So what kind of racing do you do? Drag racing. Yep. Been drag racing my whole life. My uh, father's completely responsible for passing on the disease. Yeah. And I uh, passed it on to my son, my youngest son as well. Yeah. So we're talking, are we talking like little prep or are we talking actual I know, big prep? money bracket racing. Okay, bracket big racing. money stuff. Yeah, bracket, bracket yeah. racing primarily. Uh, my son just a few years ago, 2018, at 17 years of age, uh, won $100,000 in oh, one of them bracket races. Yeah, that's killer. So uh, I wanted to get a junior dragster so bad for my son. He grew up eight years old till he aged out at 18 in the yeah. junior, which I got to say occupied a tremendous amount of my time, but. Wouldn't trade it for the world. It does. Wouldn't it's, trade it for the world. Honestly, that's what I, I used to be on the grudge scene quite a bit. Not racing, just media. We went to a taping of Street Outlaws New Orleans. We taped it Nola. in Waller, but it was the Houston race, you know, for that uh, season. And that was Dig the first Knight. time I'd ever heard of Street Outlaws. Dig Knight, I think it was called out there. Yeah, so Dig Knight was yep. the one who helped get all that stuff together. My cousin helped find the spot because we grew up in Waller. And he was like, dude, talking to the owner of Dig Knight. He's like, we can make money doing this. And like, he'll help us and all these people will help us. And he's like, let's start a media company. You've got photography and videography experience, you know? So we started up 660 Films and we just started going race to race to race, funding our own way there until finally we started getting at least some hotels comped, you know? Uh, we never really fully monetized it. It was really a passion project for us. Uh, we enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a lot of fun. And then just sitting there rubbing <laughs> elbows with all these guys and getting to hang out with these guys that are on TV, you know, and watching three, 4,000 horsepower Machines. street cars yeah. on an unprepped surface, running an eighth mile. And it's like, this is dangerous. It's an adrenaline rush. It's exciting. It's off the chain. Yeah. Really and so is. it was something that we were pretty heavy into until I started running out of time, man. Like everybody else, you get so busy, you know. Look at what it's become now, how popular it is. Oh, absolutely. And, and our company is still around. We still own it, and we're probably going to get back into it at some point. But, yeah, Shannon Morgan, Morgan & Sons, she had us out at Redemption. That was our first event, and it just popped off from there. And it was like to have someone like Mama Shannon in that business say, yeah, y'all come out to my show and give us that jump start. And we went up to, I think we're at 37,000 followers on Facebook now. And it's like, this is so cool. You know, it's just a, a really cool experience. Uh, I heard you say drag racing earlier, and I meant to ask about that. Cause yeah, we run the uh, – I'm not much of a heads-up racer. That's a wallet war, I call it. Yep, it is. <laughs> so we uh, – Blowing engines, making uh, very little money on your, your bets. And, I run yeah. the bracket racing and the index racing mostly. The index racing typically surrounds the no-prep events, 70, 60, 580 index, my brother and I, my son. We've been doing a little more of it. But uh, at the end of the day, work always comes first, so we can play. Yeah, unfortunately. And that's something my dad taught me growing up. He owned a flooring company, and it'd be 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'd be bouncing around Houston with him from probably four years old on. Just We'd be out in Lake Jackson. We'd be everywhere going to job sites you know, and doing that stuff. And, of course, being a typical seven, eight, nine-year-old kid, all I want to do is go to McDonald's and play on the play place, or we're all the way in South Houston. Let's go – to uh, you know the space center and and see that stuff and go have fun and that was the big thing he told me was you got to get all your work done so you're unlimited on your playtime he's like because look we could go and do that stuff but I know at two o'clock we have to leave and go to an appointment or we can knock out all of our appointments now and then maybe we get some extra time at and the end of the day you know in the yeah sure. 
But it's hard when you become an adult and you get to make those decisions. It's, you got to stay discipline. focused. It takes yeah. a lot of discipline. You re- it really does. You have to stay focused on that. There's times that I'm like, man, I could be drinking right now. I could be out partying with my friends. I could be doing anything. But I work a 48.96, two days on, four days off. I got off at seven this morning. And then it's right into the office. If it's Monday through Friday, eight to five, I'm here. If I'm at home and an email comes at nine o'clock at night and says, hey, I need you to send me a proposal for this so that we can get a website Take up. Take care of business. Well, at nine o'clock at night while we're watching Marvel with the family, I'm sitting there on the laptop, you know, uh, typing up a proposal because it's, it's what you have to do to get things off the ground. The, the good saying, no hustle, no muscle for later. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And we're lucky here. You know, Beefy's established, so we have work to go around, but we decided, you know what? We have all this stuff going on. Let's open up a company. So now we have an event company and it's the same thing, man. Those inquiries come in from brides at 11 o'clock at night wanting something about their wedding. And I could wait till the next morning, but man, my competition ain't waiting. No, and I'd rather take care of business right now, get it done instead of, I never put anything off till tomorrow yeah. because I'm going to have something to do tomorrow. And I'm going to forget about it, to be honest. As you get older, you'll definitely forget about <laughs> it. It's already there, man. I'm the opposite. I'm 33 and feel 60, you know. So right. I've been making See, some changes I'm in my life. 54, I feel 24. Or yeah. I think I'm 24. I don't feel 24 for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think I'm think i that 18-year-old dumb kid that can do anything, but I feel like an 80-year-old man. Right, so. right. We've been making some big changes around here trying to get in shape and eat a little better and because it's like, man, we're, something we're old I men now. Do. Something I need to do for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're like, we're old men now. It's over from here on out. So I was just wondering how we could support you besides every person we have on the show. It's always, well, come in and give me your money. You know, of course. But of course. Of course. Uh, we want to support your projects. We, we always encourage our listeners to support your projects as well. Whether it's just sharing that LinkedIn page, sharing the Facebook page, whatever it is, you don't have to spend money to be a supportive person for somebody. And that's the big thing. And that's our philosophy in business is we don't have to exchange money or do services for each other to be a good resource for each other either. Just on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn, like and share. Like and share. That that does a lot. It tentacles out very well. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today, man. It was yes, uh, a great conversation. You know, I think our gearheads that listen are probably going to enjoy some of the little race talk. We went off the rails there for a second. But no worries at all. Hey, we did our business first, and then we talked about the pleasure afterward. You Absolutely. Know, so well, business first. Yep. TorqueToolsInc.com is our website. Our phone number is 281-320-8677. If you have a question about anything tool-related, we'd be happy to help out anytime. Well, there it is. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Beef Podcast. I can't thank you enough for being here every Thursday. We release a new episode at 5 a.m. But of course, you can listen anytime you want to, anywhere you get your podcast. And we just appreciate you sharing those posts for us as well and getting the name of this show out there. The more you support us, the more you support business owners like Chris, who are just out here in a, a weird time period of our lives, just trying to make it, own these companies, and they want to provide these services and tools and equipment for those that need it. We are definitely building America right now into a totally new America. And you're right. Nuts and bolts are all the way up front as we actually turn tools to make this new country that we're kind of creating based off of all of this crap we've gone through with COVID. So uh, we appreciate you supporting us because when you support us, you support them. And that's all that we want to do here at Beefy Marketing is support small businesses. So once again, Thank you for tuning in for another episode. We hope to see you next week. 
You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.